Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hello, Crossing Church. How are you doing this fine day? It's a good day. It's an incredible day. You know, the Bible says this is a day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Just that we had another day of life. We have another day of opportunities, another day where we can lift him up, where we can glorify him, where we can experience the wonder of his presence and the blessings that only he bestows. I'll tell you one of the blessings that uh, God bestows to us is all of our locations. And I am so thankful for each and every one of you that are uh, watching right now, that are sharing what right now, that we get to be in fellowship with. And if you are online, we're so thankful for you right now that we're able to be in fellowship with one another, even with the things that are going on. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And particularly, I want to mention this. I heard this uh, earlier today, and I completely agree with it. At all of our locations, those of you that are difference makers, that are at all of our locations, I just thank God for each one of you, because there's no way that the crossing can pull off worship services and all the ministries that we do without you showing up. And I know that we are in a time right now where there are so many uh, other things pulling on you and so many excuses for not being, but you show up and uh, you come with a smile on your face and excited to be able to share in the ministry of the Lord and you do it out of the joy that's in your heart. And I just praise God for each and every one of you. How about the rest of us in this all across our locations? We thank you that you're doing all those ministries right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> How many of you ready for 2020 to be over? How many of you are saying, yeah, can I get a witness? <laughs> wow. 2020, what a, what a crazy, nutty year. Now, you know, don't wish away your life because every moment left in this year is a moment that we can use to honor and to give glory to our Lord. And you know what? Giving glory to God is always more powerful when times are worse. It's not as powerful when times are easy, right? But when the people of God honor God and are joyful in the Lord, when things are difficult, that really speaks. People really hear that. And so, I, I, you know, like, I'm going to share this a little bit later, but just to be full of blessing, we just did a song called The Blessing. And just to be full of blessing in a time like this, to me, that really speaks. Now, when I was growing up, my mother used to always say, you know, Jerry, it could always be worse. How many of you know that's true? It could always be worse. And truthfully, I know it's going to be hard for some of us to hear this, but it's really not that bad. And, I, and I'm saying that because I have been spending time this week in 1 Peter. 1 Peter is the Bible book that we're going to be talking about today. And spending time in 1 Peter is one of those things that helps you to realize that it really isn't that bad. Because if you want to see what that bad is, maybe we would need to experience a little bit about the world that Simon Peter was in when he wrote that letter. 
I told you two stories last week about a friend of mine, a farmer friend of mine that I used to hang out with when I was in Indiana. We still hang out from time to time. And uh, uh, if I was feeling bad or down and I would check out of the office, I would check away from the church and I would get in his combine or in his truck and we would go do something together. And uh, he was the guy that I could just unload on. He was the guy that I could just say anything and he'd listen to me, but he always had the same answer. When I finally got done vomiting all that up, he would say, Jerry, you know what your problem is? He'd say, your problem is you don't have any problems. And really, that's the truth. That's really the truth. And 1 Peter really helps me to understand that. But if you're feeling a little different than that, if you're feeling like the circumstances are really getting you down, if you feel like you're just living under the circumstances, like if a person were to ask you how you're doing, that's how you would define it. Well, under the circumstances, what I'd like for you to do is think about 1 Peter and how it can get you over the circumstances. So we're going to we're gonna understand what worse looks like because worse is under the, uh, the, uh, the government of Emperor Nero where Christians are being sewn into fresh animal skins and having wild dogs turned on them in the Colosseum. They're being impaled on sticks and dipped in hot tar and lit on fire to light Nero's dinner parties. We're living in a time back then where it was pretty dangerous to be a believer. And that wasn't just in Rome. That was all over the known world. And when Peter wrote to the church in Asia Minor, the church in Asia Minor had laws about emperor worship. And if you didn't worship the emperor, in some of those areas, it was a capital crime. If it wasn't a capital crime, you could have your land confiscated. You could be put in prison for an indefinite amount of period of time. So try to understand that, 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 that maybe we're living in a world with some difficulty, but it could always be worse. And what Peter does in his little letter of five chapters is he, he reminds us of the truth in the midst of difficulty. In chapter one, what he reminds us of is that we are surrounded with salvation. Now, I wonder if you've ever thought about it that way, that, that salvation is something that completely surrounds you. And I want us to understand what it means to be surrounded with salvation. We're going to read it out of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never uh, perish, spoil, or fade. This Inheritance is kept in heaven for you. This is what he has done. So when we read that beginning passage of scripture, it's describing the new reality that has been accomplished in our lives because we have received the salvation of our souls. It has happened in our past. All right. Salvation has happened. Those of you who have chosen to come into an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I am telling you, salvation has happened 
in your soul. Salvation has been experienced. He has done it. It is in the past tense. Because that's how most of us view it. Most of us view salvation in past tense. Those of us that have accepted Christ say, oh yeah, that was when I was saved. That's when I came into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We view it in the past. We view it as a past experience. Now I want you to humor me just for a moment. I want you to go back in your mind and I want you to remember it. Remember that moment. Remember what it felt like. Remember when you stepped over the line. Remember when you said, I want to be counted as a believer in Jesus Christ. And you took that step and you had that moment with the Lord. I remember it. I remember it. I was only eight years old and I remember it. I remember coming forward in church. I remember declaring my faith. I remember going to Westwood Country Club and my pastor, we called him Reverend back then, Reverend Smithwick got down in the water to baptize me. I remember my father, without being told, taking off his shoes and, and taking off his suit coat because every man wore a suit coat and a tie. I remember him leaving his tie on. I remember him rolling up his sleeves, getting down in the water. And I have a picture of him standing in the water. He's not baptizing me because back then it had to be a, a, a preacher, had to be a pastor that did it. But he's standing here like this. And all you see is my, my feet out in the water and my socks on my, shoe, on, on my feet. And I'm under the water and he's just making sure that guy's doing it right. I remember that day. I remember how I felt when I was putting on dry clothes. I remember the feeling of spiritual cleanliness. You remember that? Do you remember that feeling of spiritual cleanliness? Like, I'm clean. Now, you got to admit, like an eight-year-old, I mean, how dirty did they get? I mean, like, spiritually speaking. And yet, to me, that was, a, that was a transformative spiritual moment that I felt right with my Lord, even at eight years old, even when I couldn't understand a whole lot. Of that, I, I remember that. I want you to remember when it was that way for you. Isn't it good to know that you have a spiritual marker in your past that you can look back on and you can say, I remember the day that Jesus Christ saved my soul. Listen, if you don't have that spiritual marker in your past where you can say, I remember the day that Jesus Christ saved my soul, maybe your spiritual marker is right now, wherever you are. Maybe today is that day that you actually put that marker down and you say, this is that day. This is that first day. It'll never leave you. Salvation is something that happened in your past, but you're surrounded by salvation. It isn't just in your past. Salvation is, a pre is also something that's going to happen in your future. Look at 1 Peter 1.5. It says, Who through faith are shielded by God's power, listen, until the coming of the salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Salvation that's going to be revealed at the last time. Guess what? There's going to come a day in your future, in my future, whether either Jesus is going to meet you or you're going to meet Jesus. So that's going to happen. Right? 
Either he's coming for you or you're going to him. One of those two things is going to happen. There is that day in God's calendar in your future. And what Peter is telling you that no matter what happens here on earth, there was a day in your past where he sealed you. There was a day in your past where he saved you. And there is a day in your future where you're going to meet God. And in that day, in that very day, he is going to save you. It's not just in your past. It's in your future. Somebody ought to say amen for that. And that's not all. That's not all. Look at verse 8 and 9 of 1 Peter 1. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, like right now, none of you are seeing Jesus. You're perceiving him by faith, right? Through your heart. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith. You are receiving. That's present tense. You are receiving. That's right now. The end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Guess what? Jesus is saving you right now. Right at this moment. This isn't something that he just did once way back in your past. It's not something that he's just going to do the day you die or the day Jesus comes back, he's doing it right now. He's doing it all day, every day. He is your advocate right now. His blood is covering you right now. He's forgiving you right now. He's taking all of that burden off of you right now. He's doing it right now. I was talking to Corey, campus pastor of 48th before. And I, you know, and this is, a, this is a crazy time. This is a crazy time in cancel culture where you say one thing wrong and man. And I'm up here and I'm doing 30, 35 minutes a week, you know, and I can say one thing wrong and it's over, right? Do you know why you're not being offended? Do you know why you're not being offended when I'm speaking the word to you? I'll tell you why. Because God is saving me right now. What he's doing is he's anointing you to hear him instead of me right now. And he's protecting me. Do you know what it would be like? No. You see, we have no idea. What would it be like if God just said, I'm hands off right now? What would happen to us? He's saving us right now. Mm. You know, we get so concentrated in our present worldly circumstances, don't we? Oh, 2020 is so bad. I want you to consider your present spiritual circumstances. That's what Peter's saying. He's saying, I know all this lower story stuff is happening all around you right now, but I want you to think about the upper story because your spiritual circumstances are sealed in Jesus Christ. Past, present, future. You are surrounded with salvation. You're covered no matter what comes your way. That's a good thing to know. Second thing, I'm going to give you five. Second thing, I am reminded of my spiritual reality. Not just my salvation, but my spiritual reality. You know, we, we tend to want to live in our temper, earthly reality. But we don't understand or we need reminded of our spiritual reality. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, listen. As you come to him, he says, the living stone, that's Jesus, 
the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, you also, like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What he's doing right now, he is fashioning you. He's shaping you. I mean, think about God the artist. Think about creation and what he could just do in a week, in six days. Think about how he could create man on the afternoon of the sixth day, just in a, I mean, just in a few minutes. He was able to form man out of the dust of the ground. He's been working on you for how long? And you know what he's doing as a living stone? He's placing you into his temple because God is building a holy cathedral that is a living cathedral out of his own children. And it rises up and is beautiful beyond all human comprehension. This is what he's doing. This is what he is doing, your spiritual reality right now. And he will never stop doing it until the day it's done. You think about the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. What if we are the new Jerusalem? A living cathedral that God has made. That's what God is doing with you. And while he's doing this with you, Here's the next question. How does he view you? What is the spiritual reality of how God views you right now? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says this. You are a chosen people. Were you that kid that in junior high was the last kid chosen for dodgeball? You were the one nobody wanted on their team? Well, that isn't true with him. You are a chosen. He chose you. He said, you see that lady? You see that guy? You see that man? You see that woman? I want them on my team. You are chosen people. You're royal priesthood. You're royalty. You're royalty. Priesthood, that means you have access. You have access to Almighty God. You are a holy nation. He has set you apart as a group of people. God's, listen, special possession. Think about this. God owns everything. God created everything. I mean, God possesses everything, but in all the things that he possesses, he goes, no, you, you're my special possession. You're not just a possession. You're my special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not receive mercy, but now you've received mercy. This, this is my present reality. This is your present reality. Are you living in that? Are you living in the fact that God is building you into a holy cathedral? Are you living in the fact that this is how God views you right now? Did you walk in here or one of our locations today and said, you know what? Whatever the world says and however they want to define me and however they want to identify me, this is who I am. And this is how I am viewed by the only one that really matters. It's true. 
So what do I do with that spiritual reality? Well, I respond to it, and I need to respond to that. And Peter is going to instruct us on how to respond to that. We do that two ways. We do that internally, and we do that externally. Remember, like I told you before, faith is always a response. We don't initiate anything. He initiates it. But then we respond to that, okay? So this is what he has initiated in us, and we're responding to that, okay? So my first question is, how do I respond to this internally? In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, it says this, Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate. And humble. When I, when I read that stuff, I'm going, this is how I'm supposed to be internally. Like-minded, sympathetic, loving, compassionate, humble. It's like heart condition. Do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. So, I mean, think about these eternal things, okay? Like-minded. Isn't that hard? I mean, think about our political culture right now. Think about our political reality right now. Would anybody say, I will testify that we are like-minded? We have never been less like-minded, right? That any of us can remember. But God is saying, be like-minded. You know what that means? It means lean into each other. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. Fight for relationship instead of against it. Like-minded. Wow. That's a big ask in this world right now, isn't it? How about this one? Be sympathetic. Sympathetic. That means, you know, that, we, the word sympathy comes from that, right? That means you... That means that you're not only trying to understand that person, but you're like, you know, in your mind, you're also trying to do that emotionally, like in your heart, to feel with them, you know, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. And then it goes on to say, be loving and compassionate and humble. <laughs> okay, now, come on, a little honesty. I get lost in the lower story, and so do you, every one of you. We get lost in the lower story. And I mean, the lower story rolls over us like a freight train sometimes. And when it does, we tend to, have you ever, how many of you heard this term before? I'm losing my filters. Anybody? Anybody? Say, you, know, you know what it means to lose your filters? It means you just, you, it's just this is when, when you, you end a statement and you go, did I just say that out loud? That's when you lose your filters. Did I just say that out loud? Okay, let me tell you something. When the lower story starts taking over your life, you lose your filters. And you know what those filters are? All those internal things. You are no longer like-minded. You're not sympathetic. You're not loving. You're not compassionate. And you're not humble. And instead of that, you become this other thing that Peter describes. You repay evil for evil, and you repay insult for insult. 
And so that's like a math problem, right? Insult equals insult. Evil equals evil. But do you know what God says for his children, people who are living in the spiritual reality instead of being controlled by the temporal reality? He said everything on your side of the equal sign is one answer, and it's one answer always, and that answer is blessing. So, let's practically apply this. You're working at a job, and there's a person that's at the job that you're at, and they're just rotten to the core. And they're just looking for an opportunity to make your life more miserable every day. That means that part of your life as a believer is to say everything on the equal sign for me is blessing. That means I have to psych up for that. That's like a spiritual discipline for me. Because check this out. Everything on my side of the equal sign doesn't have anything to do with what's on the other side of the equal sign. Everything on my side of the equal sign is determined by my vertical relationship with God. doesn't have anything to do with what that person is doing. Because if it did have something to do with what that person was doing, it would be evil for evil and it would be insult for insult because that's the way human nature is. But because everything on this side of the equal sign is about Blessing, that means it has to do with my relationship with God. I'm protecting my relationship with God. So I have to psych up for that. I got to work on that one. I could stop right there and I could say, let's, let, let's, uh, let's come to Jesus right now. That should be full, right? Only blessing. This is the answer that you know before the question is ever asked internally. What about externally? Externally, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. Above all, love each other deeply because love, listen to what love does, covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve other people as faithful stewards of God's grace in all its various forms. And if anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Mm. External things. These are practical ways we live. God is not calling you to do what you're going to do easily. He's calling you to do that which takes amazing spiritual discipline in the actions of your life. He's saying, don't just love each other, love each other deeply. Do you know why? Because love covers a lot of sin. Yours and theirs. Offer hospitality. And don't do it begrudgingly. Don't complain about it. Yeah, I'm going to do this, you know, like, but I really don't feel like. Don't do that. Offer hospitality, not with grudges. And then use your gift. Use your gift because let me tell you something about God and gifts. Every gift you have, every ability that you have, you receive from the very hands of God. God gave it to you. And trust me, God can take it away from you. The very thing that gives you value if you squander that gift, he can take it away from you. So understand that you're not the owner of the gift. You are the steward of the gift. 
and you need to treat it that way. And if you're going to speak, speak the word of God and not your own. You know what? I'm going to get a lot of traction in this sermon. You know why? Not because, not because I'm so clever in my speech, but it's just 1 Peter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And that means the Holy Spirit's going to work that. When you speak, speak the very words of God. And if you serve, do it in God's strength and not in your own strength. And in everything you do, make sure that God gets the credit. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, it says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Okay. So at all of our locations, we have steps. And some of you are going, well, we have those steps so that you can get down from the stage. No, actually, we don't. Because we can we could do that from back there. These steps have one purpose. At all of our locations, our steps have the purpose of coming before our Heavenly Father and humbling ourselves. To humble ourselves before our Heavenly Father. Right? Do you know why we humble ourselves? Do you know why we get down on our knees? Because the privilege of getting down on our knees is the experience of feeling the hands of Almighty God lifting us up. If you never get on your, if you never are down on your knees, you're never going to experience God lifting you up. I mean, did you read that? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. You don't humble yourself. When are you ever going to get lifted? When are you ever going to feel the hands of the Lord around you? When are you ever going to feel Him bearing your weight? I don't see people getting up from these steps feeling worse. I see them getting up from these steps feeling better. I see them getting up from these, these steps with the burdens released because when you get down low, you're able to release that burden. That's a place where it doesn't have to fall so far, right? Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. What an opportunity and every time we have a service at any of our locations at the crossing, you have an opportunity to do this incredible thing, to humble yourself beside the Lord. You know, we, we tend to justify ourselves, rationalize our actions, you know, make excuses for the way that we're doing this or that. But when we simply humble ourselves before God and realize there is a God, but it's not me, I'm not him then it gives him the opportunity to lift you up and you realize that that's happening. Mm. One last verse I'm going to share with you from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Why? Well, because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay, what's the difference between eating and devouring? You know what it is, right? I mean, a person who eats, they're just, they're just eating. A person 
who devours, I mean, they tear their food, right? They engorge themselves with their food. I mean, I mean, I want you to think about this because that's, that's the devil. That's what he wants to do to you. And a lot of times we want to ascribe way more power to the devil than he deserves, okay? Because the devil isn't like the negative of God. He's a fallen angel. So don't think too highly of him. He never created anything. He doesn't have the power of creation. And a lot of times what Satan will do is misdirect you. And he'll misdirect you to think you're, he's more powerful than he actually is. And he'll misdirect you to think he's less powerful than he actually is. But let me tell you something that Satan can do. He can definitely use the circumstances. Boy, does he have some circumstances to use in our culture right now. Right? And I bet some of you right now are feeling like you're being chewed on right now. Maybe some of you are feeling like you're being devoured right now. But I want you to know something. That Satan is defeated. He's a defeated foe. It happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross, when he was buried in a borrowed tomb, and he rose from the dead. And you don't let Satan lie to you like he's something else that he's not because he's defeated. And if he's defeated because Jesus has defeated him and Jesus lives in you, then you are more than a conqueror. And he cannot devour you if you know who you are and if you know whose you are. And in a time like this that we're living in, in 2020, there has never been a time where we need to declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light like right now. That's what we got to do. We got to remember who we are, whose we are, what our spiritual reality is, no matter what this world throws at us. Because the ultimate truth is who God says you are. And God tells you who you are through his son, Jesus Christ. We're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.